0: Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface-level conversation?
1: Not us. I'm Samantha. And
0: I'm Christian, two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of
1: life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because yep, we're We're going going there. there. Hello, we are back on Going There, and we have a fun guest with us today. We have Anna Lynn with us, Anna Lynn Frazier, and Anna Lynn works with Christian and I here at The Crossing. We share an office together, and we've had a lot of really fun, interesting conversations, and we're excited to get to talk to her today and have her on the podcast. Yeah,
2: welcome. Thank you. We're glad you're here. I'm excited. Yes.
0: Anna Lynn will tell us a little bit more about her background and just her education and kind of her story up to this point of just research she has done and information she knows. But today we are talking about... Feminism, That big, feels way. <laughs> I was gonna say it feels like I don't know. Big F word is that appropriate or something? <laughs> yeah, sure. We <laughs> kind of, of feels like we've thing. definitely
1: had some episodes that might feel a little bit more like mundane or just kind of I don't know random cliche Cli- yeah. yeah, sure, surface, surface level. level thank yeah. you, there you go. Um, but this one is one of those weightier ones but I think it's important and a lot of people are talking about it and we want to kind of be there in those conversations
0: yeah we hope that you guys have known in any conversation Samantha and I never try to be experts we always come at these topics that we talk about on this podcast you know we're just trying to figure it out we're just trying to seek wisdom you know dive into the word of what God says about different topics and so this was a topic Samantha and I did not feel prepared to talk about and did not feel wise enough to talk about it by ourselves. And so Anna Lynn will tell us a little bit more about her background, but we wanted to bring her in just to really talk about feminism, what that looks like. You know, I think when all of us hear the word feminism, we think about different parts of feminism and maybe what that looks like, or just our experiences with feminism. And so... We'll just let Annalyn take it from here. So, tell us a little bit about what your education has looked like, what that time has looked like, and then kind of start us off in feminism and what that looks like.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, my name is Annalyn Frazier. Let's say I went to Mizzou for my undergrad, and then I worked with a campus ministry on Mizzou's campus for two years. So, I worked with college women, and then I went to seminary, and I ended up there. On and off for four and a half years. I was there full time for two and a half, and then two years. I was working full time. I got married in that time, so I feel like a lot of life happened that I didn't. Very expect. busy. Yes, very busy <laughs> couple years. So I became a Christian in college, and so when I was an undergrad, I was pre-law. I have degrees in English and history from Mizzou, and I Anna
0: Lynn is very smart. I didn't know you had a degree in history. I I always knew it was English. Yeah. so There
2: you go. And in both those, I couldn't pick between them because I like them both because I really wanted to get into like political and social history. And so both from like literature, like that's a window into the historic moment, the cultural moment, and then also, you know, histories like that too. And so female authors, the role women particularly in the 19th and 20th century. So that's like first wave feminism, that era was what I focused on in school. And then, so as a non-Christian in those spaces, I was part of conversations and just social groups that had a particular view of feminism that is very different than maybe my people who I'm around in seminary context or in a more church context. So just culturally there, it's very different view. So that's sort of my gateway into the whole topic of feminism was being in this liberal college setting, becoming a Christian learning Christian subculture for the first time. That's its own you have funny stories about that with me. Yeah. Like
1: I grew up in church and so sometimes in our office we just talk about the funny things that like Annalyn figured out about Christian culture like way later in life That's than it. I did.
2: And there's no like manual that they hand you. You know, there is so much the Bible. There's the Bible, <laughs> which I think is the more important thing. But but you know, yeah. you, you when you want to fit in you're 19 and you're trying to fit in with these girls who like all have the sense of normal that is all really weird to you. So that's a big part actually that shaped me just in terms of how I viewed women in the church. So I'm coming in not knowing a bunch of you know, purity culture stuff or just the decades of history about men and women in the American church and like gender roles. That's a term that I wasn't familiar with. So all that I learned that as an adult. And so then when I was working in campus ministry, again I had this mix of women who were like me, who weren't raised in a Christian home, and who were new Christians and trying to figure out what it looked like to be a Christian and a woman. And then I had women who were raised in various kinds of church backgrounds. So from more conservative to more progressive settings, we all had very different opinions on that topic, views on that topic. And then for me, a big part of why I went to seminary, I got a Master's of Divinity. And then I also got a Master's in Educational Ministry while I was there. Very smart. Yes. Or I just really like school. Maybe that's it. Were you one of
0: those people that you were like, I'll go to school
2: forever? No. Did you ever consider that? Okay. My sister's (laughs) like that. She's like, I would literally go to school forever if I could. Yeah. I can't imagine what would send me back for like a PhD at this point. Okay. There you go. Yeah, I was hoping to get through it faster than I did. The second degree slowed me down. Getting married slowed me down. A couple things slowed me down, but they were all good things. But yeah, so then in seminary, I'm a woman in this context that's mostly men because it's mostly men who wanted to become pastors. So in a lot of my classes, I'm the only woman in the room. And so when issues about women in the Bible, women in church, broader cultural stuff around sort of these feminist ideas would come up. I would be like the token woman <laughs> speaking for
0: <laughs> know, the rest of us. I don't know. Yeah.
2: And so that was an interesting space to be in. And I became really passionate about really using my time in seminary to dig into what does God say about women, like kind of cutting through all the noise of all these different like little subcultural pockets and what the messages about women are there yeah, to understand what the Bible says. I got to dig deep into that. So I feel like through all these like systematic theology courses and Hebrew and Greek, all this stuff, that was like a theme that just carried through in a lot of my work. kind of thread
0: throughout all of that.
1: That's cool. this will probably like lead into a deeper conversation, so I don't want to get us too far ahead. But since you were interested in women in literature before you became a Christian, have you seen your view on feminism or the way that you would describe it or the way that you would kind of claim that change like through the years and as you've become a Christian? Like, what has the difference been for you?
2: I think for me, it's been almost a separation from the term feminism or from some of the ideals, understanding how that phrase has developed over, you know, in the last hundred years, but also like I was kind of saying in the different sort of cultural pockets, like what that means, like kind of what Christian was saying earlier about how the word feminism is this loaded term. And I feel like there's a number, it's like the word just sits there Mm -hmm. and there's all these movements and all these ideologies that people will call feminist or feminism. And then there's all these different reactions based on where you're positioned when you're hearing that term. Again, usually that term's separated from what maybe the speaker means. I just use feminism like we all know what that is when it's like, well, no, it actually, that means different things to a lot of different people. It's almost like a blanket statement where you
0: can say feminism, but then a lot of people react a lot of different ways to that word. Mm -hmm. So like walk us through some of those. Yeah, so
2: I would loose pockets here right like there's a lot of nuance but i'd say especially in the spheres maybe that we're running in in our church culture or our, the specific space in columbia missouri or any of that you have on one end of the spectrum you have people who were taught growing up maybe that you joke the f word you know like feminism is a bad word like to be labeled a feminist is a bad thing so you don't want to be a feminist feminism is kind of associated with this radical hating all men kind of violent. Yeah, Yeah. very
1: extreme sense of pride of, like, the female position
2: in our world. Right. Exactly. And so having that be a negative thing. And then there's, there's another kind of feminism now that's really trendy. And this is kind of the... Like neoliberal feminism is a phrase I've heard it called. What or, does that mean? So kind of the boss babe, like okay, girl yes. boss, like oh, that kind of. We did of, a whole episode about those kind of words. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So it's like this, taking feminism and using it as this empowering, individualistic thing, and so that's like kind she of, is
0: woman, hear her roar, right? That exactly, type of vibe. and like
2: yeah. you get T-shirts and. Again, not hating on the t-shirts. I'm just saying I've seen the t-shirts and the hashtags and yeah, the coffee um, mugs. Exactly. And that's coming again. So that's this this real individualistic lens on it because it's this idea that like when an individual woman smashes through the glass ceiling, like that's good for women everywhere. Like that is feminism. And then there's a more classic sense of the term feminist. And so that's looking at Feminism from a more social justice standpoint. So it's a more collective societal issue. One woman succeeding in one scenario isn't really doing much to promote the feminist cause. Instead, it's focusing more on raising up all women. And you see that again in the more like first wave feminism, second wave feminism, third wave feminism. So, real quick first wave feminism is like women getting the right to vote, women being represented in the Constitution as whole people. And then second wave feminism was in the 60s. That had to do with equal rights in the workplace. So getting paid similarly. Mm -hmm. We're still not quite there, but, you know, getting paid similarly and getting protection under the law in the Mm -hmm. workplace particularly. And then you have third wave feminism, which started around the early 90s. And that's a more focusing on this individualistic diversity kind of thing and recognizing that like the first two waves – were mainly moved forward by upper middle class white women. And so third wave feminism, you have women of color really stepping into that. And then there's now we're in what's called fourth wave feminism, which was launched with the whole Me Too movement. And so that's really focusing on sexual harassment, rape culture, that brand of stuff. Okay. That's brand. helpful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm
2: learning a lot from this. Mm -hmm. This is really good. Yeah, so that's more, like I said, the more society-focused, systemic-focused kind of version of feminism. And then you've got, I feel like your fourth category, people who react to feminism, where they're just like, I've never really thought about this before. Like, positively or negatively, it's not really something on my radar. Mm -hmm. Lots of men and women Mm -hmm. feel like fall into those camps. I just want to
1: take a minute to just be a little bit, like, vulnerable and honest that I probably fall more into that first that you were describing or as Christian talking about like the F word for feminism. Like I just think I only knew about feminism from the really radical standpoint. And even when we talked a few weeks ago and we've had conversations over the time working together, I think I'm realizing like I didn't know the correct or, you know, the different ways that it can exhibit itself or the different belief systems that people can kind of take on that all kind of are still wrapped up in that one word. So I've been really humbled to see that like that's not a great posture to have towards people that would describe themselves as this or even like I probably align with a lot of these beliefs without even really realizing it. So I think even before we dive in further, it's good to kind of examine as she just listed those things, like maybe see where you feel like you fall in that spectrum of things and challenge yourself to like hear in and open up your mind to kind of all these different viewpoints as we continue the conversation, because I know that's been helpful for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and same. I mean, we had this conversation briefly before we even jumped on here. And I was like, oh, wow, I so identify with a couple of those. For sure. Growing up in the church, it's like the first type of feminism or like really kind of the second one too. this empowerment of like, if one woman breaks through, that's like helping all And this idea, this like kind of twisted idea of like feminism is like a bad thing almost. But I'm like, no, like God created women. Men differently from men for really awesome reasons and like yeah it's just it's weird how all those things are like intertwined
1: it's good to be challenged but in that what do you think the dangers of kind of being on one side like too extreme or the other could be when we're talking about this word or claiming this as an identity
2: so the idea behind feminism is pretty straightforward, as complicated as it gets down the road. The idea is that you have women being viewed politically, socially, personally, economically as equal to men. So not inferior, not a second class citizen. And I think when you get either reactionary one way or the other, right? You're reacting to what you see as a really radical idea or or radical outpourings of the idea. Mm -hmm. Or if you're reacting to people that you think are getting in the way of that vision, you know, and you reach for extremity, you start to lose the point, right? Like it becomes more about the fight or it becomes more about your group that you identify with than the goal that I I think very few people in this day and age would disagree with, which is that men and women are human beings and deserve to be treated as such. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And it's so easy
0: to lose sight of that. I mean, I loved what you said there. I feel like we could apply that to a lot of things that like in the very beginning, it's really simple, which then gets more and more complicated. So like in your opinion, and like as you've studied a lot of scripture, a lot of things about God and his creation and why he created, you know, men and women differently. And, and even as you said, like, I was kind of this token woman in all these seminary classes getting all these questions about being a female. Like, so what does the Bible say about being a woman? Like, why do you think God created it as such? And like, what walk us through a little bit of like, how can we take this feminism idea, but like, take it into like, what has God made us? And like, what can we celebrate in that?
2: Yeah, I think you could actually really zoom in on the language in Genesis 1 and sort of get a really simple answer there of God created human beings in his image, male and female, he created them. So the primary thing is he created human beings in his image. Mm -hmm. And so when we are talking about what it looks like to be a woman or what it looks like to be a man, that all has to happen under this umbrella of, well, first we're created as God's image bearers. Mm -hmm. And there is separation there, but there's a unity there too. And I think it's human nature to focus on where we disagree or where we differ. It's just kind of like more interesting, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Or we we just like the drama.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We're drawn
2: to that. Yeah. But that similarity is important. And so even kind of getting back into the dangers of the extremism, you've got this issue of identity of like, how are you seeing yourself? Like if you're focusing on what is the difference, right? So if you're focusing on yourself as a woman, above yourself as a child of God, a bearer of his image, a follower of Jesus, like that's going to affect how you live your life. And it's not, again, it's not bad to also say I am these things and also I am a woman so that looks different for me than it might for other people. Mm-hmm. But getting those ideas out of line yeah. is going to lead to trouble down here with what we are holding as ultimate in our heart. Right.
1: Oh, that's good. And I really feel like, again, that could be, first of all, it's a red flag. I think if you're listening to this, there's maybe on both sides like things that – yeah, if you're doing this or that on the extreme, you should evaluate that. And we're challenging ourselves to do the same. But it's also so true with any kind of identity statement. We talked about it a few weeks ago. We were just like chatting about how, you know, there can be really a lot of danger in claiming certain identities that, especially as Americans, we kind of like hold really strongly to. And at what point do those become higher ranking in our hearts for, over like the fact that we are children of God, you know? And I think I've been really challenged in that even in the past like couple of years whether it has to do with like political stances or even the you know not to get into but like being an american and like the pride of certain things that comes along with our identity i don't think it's wrong to have certain aspects of our identity that make us who i am like i am a mother i'm a cancer survivor i am a american i'm from arkansas like these things that like make me who i am actually make us feel really good. And sometimes I think what I'm seeing and what we've kind of been talking about is people like that a little bit too much, like cling to one of those statements as like, well, this is who I am. And that adds a lot more emotion behind that that identity than probably there needs to be. And so you almost have this like uneven sense behind these things when you're kind of claiming them or talking about them. Does that make sense? Like, oh, yeah. 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 I feel like maybe that's part of the reason people are so kind of emotionally charged in certain conversations about different topics because it's like, well, we're claiming a lot of that as our identity. So it feels really personal when you attack this about me or, you know.
2: Yeah, completely. And also, I just want to point out something that popped into my head as you were saying that, that idea of this part of my identity is who I am. Like the reason we do that is because that's what we were made for, right? We long for this cohesion with our true like who we were truly made to be and what that is is you know walking in this perfect relationship with God and that's been marred by the fall and so we see even those ugly like glimpses of like if I'm a a wife or a have an MDiv or I whatever you know like those things I might go all in on that and feel threatened when they're attacked. Yeah. It's like that desire to go all in is because we were made to be like a hundred percent all in mm-hmm. creatures. Well, and as you said, like even because
0: of part of the fall, we are literally like scrambling to cling at anything that we can claim an identity in. When really, as children of God, we are claiming first our identity in Him, and so it's not wrong to claim our identity in other things. But if we're getting those identities like flip flopped, then like that's going to cause us issues so like when we're talking about feminism specifically what do you feel like some of those red flags so like even in your previous like not as a non-christian and then becoming a believer through you know prior to seminary and going to seminary what did that look like for you like what are some of those red flags that you're like oh yeah maybe this wasn't a correct way of thinking about feminism as a christian because like those are red flags where like that would be really easy to twist my view of how god created women yeah
2: yeah I think a big one is sort of the us versus them mentality that you start to see where, you know, there's a right way and there's this ultimate almost like this garden of Eden vision of the way women should be in society and so you start feeling justified in thinking negatively or in tearing down people that are either obstacles to that or, you know, aren't alongside you in that goal. And again, I think that works for both ways, like whether or not feminism is something that you would personally identify like, yeah, I'm a feminist or whether you'd say, no, I'd stay away from that term. Like like both of those us first them mentality is far from what God calls us to. And it's also not the example that Jesus gives us. So as Christ followers, when you look at how Jesus interacted with women, right, like he affirmed and lifted up and taught and valued. And you see women in these significant roles, both in Jesus' ministry and in the early church in the New Testament, you see women serving these roles that are very similar to what men are serving, right? Like you see women learning from Jesus and women sharing the gospel and women serving significant roles in early churches. But it's not about we're doing this to smash the patriarchal system of the Greco-Roman world, right? Like it wasn't about a bigger thing. It was about loving, Jesus loving his neighbors, Jesus loving the people who are in front of them and loving them in the same way, whether they were male or female, and calling them to the same kind of hard life as his disciple, whether they were male or female. And so as a woman, that looks the same, right? Like you loving other people and how you respond to men or women, Jesus is really clear in his example of that. And I think it's easy to get distracted by the broader arguments, like we're saying, the drama of it. That's
0: so good. That's like convicting actually in a lot of ways. I mean, I feel like we could take that us versus them mentality in a lot of identities, but just as we were saying, if that's, yeah, an American or I am, you know, a working mom versus a stay-at-home mom or whatever that may be. That's awesome. That's really good.
1: No, I like that. I think it's funny because Christian and I thought this would be a great idea for a topic, and I think we thought about, and we probably will title this, Can I Be a Christian and a Feminist? And it's just so funny to get to learn from you, Annalyn, because I really thought the answer would be like, well, no, and here's why. And I just love that you're able to share these things. And so I guess in that question, like, can women be a Christian and consider themselves a feminist? And if yes, then how can we support women and be pro-women in a healthy way and like pushing that through a gospel lens that's a loaded question sorry no I'm
2: I'm here for it I think the answer is yes I think that I'm gonna like caveat that I suppose but you know with all those labels it's like are you a feminist who's a Christian or are you a Christian who's a feminist and I think that's important so it's like what do you mean when you say feminist and what effect does that have on your life what effect does that have on how you treat other people and love other people what effect does that have on the way you follow Jesus Are you disregarding things that Jesus said because certain feminist groups maybe say something different? So, yeah, definitely possible. But as always, I think there's wisdom in doing that well because we're called to be a part of this world, but not of the world, right? So, we're always made this. I feel like this whole podcast is about that, about walking that line between like, we're here, God put us here, and what does it look like as women, as Christians, to live that well? And so in that, we see Jesus in the Gospels. We see the commands that we have in the New Testament. And we see the examples of various characters all throughout the Old Testament following this command we get in Micah 6, 8, which is that we are called to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And so I think as a feminist... Again, that, that looks like prioritizing people, that looks like seeing ourselves as image bearers of God so that as we're walking humbly and justly and loving mercy, like that means taking a stand for things that matter. So things like equality between men and women. But it also looks like doing so in a humble, gentle, compassionate way that's, that reflects the God that we follow, which I would say isn't the way that any of those camps that we described isn't necessarily their default and how they interact with those who disagree with them. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I am convicted
0: even by just like those few examples you gave that I'm like, okay, am I you know, loving in that way and merciful in that way and you know, championing justice in that way? That is really convicting to a lot of areas of my life. But yeah, specifically even as a woman because yeah. I think women are pretty awesome. I think so, so too. It's pretty
1: cool. Annalyn, we really appreciate you talking with us. I feel like even just getting to know you and working closely together you have so much wisdom and I hope we get to have you back on to talk about other things because you really are fun to listen to. And guys, we have some really funny conversations in our office because I just ask Annalyn probably really annoying questions. And I think a few weeks ago, our episode about dirty diapers, a part of the fall, I asked Annalyn that the next day. I'm like, hey, is this real? Did I, was I onto something? But anyways, we really appreciate it. You're really fun. I hope people can learn from you. I know you frequently do Women's Bible studies in our church, and have you're amazing at writing content. So, anything that you receive from the crossing content wise, a lot of times it's written by Annalyn. She's really talented. So, I hope you guys enjoyed hearing from her. I also want to throw in one last thing. Okay. You know how you didn't grow up in Christian culture? Yeah. Christian, do you know the song? I'm diving in, I'm going in deep
2: in. A I my don't know, you remember know all the words, song? but for sure. Okay.
0: I thought you were going to be like, I am a C. I, I am a C. H. I, I
1: am, am a C-H-R-A-F-C-I-N.
0: And I am C-H-R-A-F-C-I-N. I'm
1: Whenever we talk about this, yes, I think about all these songs, and we're totally wrapping this up on a very annoying way, but yes, I just, those songs that you never learned, it's like, how are you ever going to go back to that? And like, how are your kids going to become Christians? if You don't know that.
2: I know. I'm sorry. I'll just <laughs> have much. to sit in on the VBSs. Uh, yes. It's so funny. Okay. But on a serious
0: note ending here though, yes. if you guys have any questions, we love to interact with you all. We want you guys to ask questions. And so if you have further questions on this topic for Anna Lynn, or if you have other topics like this, that you're like, Ooh, we would love to hear you guys talk about that or bring another expert on because Samantha and I are probably not the expert of that topic. We are happy to do so. And we hope you reach out. please DM us or just reach out on social media, or if you have our numbers, we would be happy to talk more about you. So yeah. And if you
1: want to get together with Anna Lynn and ask questions, if you're local, reach out to us and we can get you connected with her. Don't you? Oh, I'd love that.
2: I'm I'm stoked. I'd love to. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you guys for being with us. We'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what
0: you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at going there, the podcast.
1: And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon.